Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By. Ten forward number four. four. We just discussed this. Star Trek Discovery. So yes, we didn't announce this at the end of last week's episode because it was recorded way in advance. We didn't know exactly when things would be falling and we didn't exactly have our plans worked out for how the hell to address Discovery. So here we are. We are going to talk about the first two episodes that just premiered this week via CBS All Access. We are going to skip our usual sort of procedure of giving summaries, because we figure, you know, if you're here, you probably just watched it. We're going to leap directly into the complaints! <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> wow. No, see, everybody always amazing. thinks that he says it really long like that. It's really just, get it? No, no, that, that's not Kirk. That's just I, nerd Jake. Bitch, I'm making a joke. Dude, oh. you ruined a joke. Sorry. I'm and I'm Ames. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, I haven't introduced ourselves, have I? I'm all kerfuffled. So yes, welcome... Oh. Wow. That's a Vulcan hello. <laughs> <laughs> This is Chris, and today I'm joined by... Ames. Caitlin. And Takuma. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm... No, oh. I, could, I could understand what you were saying, so you, you didn't do it right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. So yeah, so maybe, uh, What was one of those names? Vok? Vok, yeah. Can I be Koch? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what the hell are these episodes called? The Vulcan Hello and... and the Battle at the, the Binary Stars. stars. So, not, yeah. not the no, Battle of the Binary Stars. creative Vulch. titles. No. The Battle of the Vulcan Hello is a title. The Vulcan Hello was good, but I didn't... Battle at the Binary Stars is like... It's just what happened. It sounds like a battle hymn. It sounds like... It sounds like... Glory, glory, hallelujah! Glory, glory, hallelujah! Glory, glory, hallelujah! Takuvma marches on! Nice. Um, yeah, first episode title, not bad. Second episode title, forgettable. Sounds like an episode of the Clone Wars or something. Yeah. So yeah, where, where the hell are we going to start with this one? How did everybody watch? Damn. Mm. Sorry, Caitlin. Sorry. Right. I know I know they want to get it off their chest, so. What do you mean, how did everybody watch? Oh, you mean because, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's a, so uh, if you're not familiar with the situation, this is a not television Star Trek. This no. is a internet Star Trek, like Star Trek New Voyages. Or Star Trek continues. But not on YouTube or something sensible. Yes. It's on CBS. CBS is on-demand, demandingly expensive, mm. all-access platform. Yes. It's, it's See, in international regions, CBS is doing the sensible thing and going with an existing streaming service. They're releasing Discovery via Netflix. But for those of us in the United States, we're being punished by this horrifically badly designed and implemented shit pile, CBS All Access. Well, you know why? Because America is the only place where there's like a high enough concentration of nerds for them to make money off of this model. I don't Possibly. know if they will. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I just they're they're gonna assume that oh oh nobody wants to watch Star Trek because no one's buying into this stupid thing and everyone's downloading illegally because that's what most people are gonna be doing. I bet their Sorry. sales went way up. Though. Listen, listen. Yeah, I mean they sold yeah. a shitload. I know. They I mean, sold a shitload, and, and they're gonna they're gonna like cancel the second the the season. Well, well that's yes. what you gotta hope is that they'll see that they'll see oh boy we've got all these subscribers it's actually gonna be fiscally solvent. Last ever the season airs everybody cancels they go. Eh. Or, alternately, one thing I saw someone mention online is, like, they'll just wait for the season to finish, get the one-week free trial, binge Discovery, and cancel before the trial is up. Yeah, but there's no way you could... Even even though it's only 15 episodes, there's no way you could watch all of those in, in the... In, in the, a week? In the, no, all the commercials. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, the commercials are bad. <laughs> the commercials are really bad. Yeah, well, or you get the commercial free one, which still gives you a two day trial. You do it over a long weekend. You make no plans. You can mm. do it. Oh, there's no this there's is, no commercial uh, no commercial trial. Yeah, it's oh. two it's two business days two instead days. of a week. Yeah. Two days, not business days. Um, but still, you could still do that. I mean, I could yeah. watch all of this ep all this series in like one sick day. Yeah, mm. yeah. They were, these episodes were really fast. I found. Yeah. So the hope is that 
In a perfect world, CBS's numbers will show that Discovery was really popular, but their garbage bespoke streaming service isn't. And they'll f just finally go, okay, fine, and release future seasons of it via Netflix in the United States as well. <clears throat> because, here's the thing, CBS has no shows. They've got The Big Bang Theory, which any self-respecting human being loathes. I will freely admit I haven't been into it for a few years because I was young and stupid when I came to my senses. Uh, There's the spin-off, uh, Young Sheldon, uh. which, that's some good casting because I haven't heard the kid talk, but I already want to see someone beat the shit out of him more than I wanted to see someone beat the shit out of the kid that played Joffrey. I know they're actors, I know they can't help it, but I already hate that mealy-mouthed little fuck. Meanwhile, there's 8,000 seasons of NCI fucking S, everyone's parents' favorite program since Monk ended. What? I love Monk. Leave that in. Stop me, I'm the editor. I own this microphone. Also, there's Fraser. <laughs> that's the thing, like, there are some shows the on there. The Odd Couple is on there. What the fuck's going on? So that's, I was going to get to that. So, like, there are some shows on there that look interesting. No, but seriously, you got to take out this mealy mouth fuck you're going to punch in the face. That's, you get, you know who you sound like when you get like that? Me. Who's, no, no. <laughs> Who's that guy? Alex Jones? That is name. Oh, the InfoWars Info guy? The guy who, like, is a spluttering, gibbering asshole and yeah, just says him. really that's stupid things. You get a little but see, Jonesy. He and wants, your face turns about as red. He wants to commit genocide. I just want to see a child smack. No, Alex Jones just wants to make a profit off of his terrible line of accessories. Well, and, that and, too. In conspiracy yes, theory so product. When well, we're making money, you can act like Alex Jones. <laughs> Until then... Keep it to a nine, we will you? We should just come up with some garbage to sell people. There we go. There's a thousand Kevin James vehicles on there, yeah, too, Yeah, yeah, a bunch of NCIS. Like, there are shows... I hate a boozer, But that's the thing, like, that's the problem, is they do have stuff on there that, like, it's like, oh, yeah, if you were the only source for this, okay. But they're not, yeah. you know? And then there are a few things. Like, they have Taxi and the Odd Couple, the original, not their shitty new one. And, and Frasier. Oh, baby, I hate a boozer. <laughs> Quetz. But Frasier is on Netflix, so I don't need it for Frasier. Are we going to talk about Star Trek on the Star Trek show? I am mocking literally CBS never, All Access. We're never going to get to talk about terrible. Star Trek. It's terrible. a thing at the beginning that says, if you want to hear about Star Trek, fast forward to 11 minutes and 50 seconds. <laughs> if you would stop interrupting me, I could get done with my tear. Anyway, I grew up on reruns of The Odd Couple and Taxi. I'd like to be able to watch those again, but they've only got like random episodes. They don't even have the full seasons. It's dumb. Fucking also, tricks. the PS4 app took forever to get going, and then it crashed at some point. I'm told the Xbox One one worked fine. Well, I have to say, I Chromecasted it from my tablet, and after one of the, I think it was after the 17th or 18th commercial break. Of the same commercial over and over again. Yeah, oh. it was like, yeah, like the, oh of God, the six no different shit. commercials that were in rotation. Anyway, yeah, yeah, CBS, Mr. I know you're listening. So, and Chris, you know, Chris is very heated right now, so I'm going to lay it down to you in the soothing way that only I can. You see, your platform is bad, and you should feel bad. And we like Star Trek, and we want to see Star Trek. And we would even pay for the pleasure of seeing Star Trek. We just don't want to see it on your shitty platform. We want to see it on a better platform. And if you are going to make us pay for the pleasure to see your Star Trek on your shitty platform, then don't play a billion ads. Don't call it ad light or reduced ads or whatever the fuck you called it. That was terrible. <laughs> there was a less, billion ads. Less soothing, Jake. You're losing your To be, to be fair, it is less ads than if you just watched an hour of ads. <laughs> That's true. Not by much. Oh, that was my mistake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, uh, I can put up with like Hulu-style ads. So how about Star, Star Trek? Trek? Yeah, sorry. So the, the failings of its delivery aside. I quite enjoyed it. I, I still don't know if I like it or not. Oh, I like it. I'm I cautiously it was, optimistic. I thought it was great. I'll be honest. I probably liked it the least then. I'll tell you what I liked. I'll tell you what I liked... I'll tell you what I think could be done better. Okay. Okay. I liked that it's Star Trek. Is it, though? 
Yes. Because this is my gripe. By definition, it is Star Trek. Well, yes, you can't just use the fucking definition. You can't decide what is is not Star Trek. (laughs) Just because it has Star Trek in the fucking title doesn't mean it's not Star Trek. Is it called Star Trek? Is it made by the company that makes Star Trek? Does it have the Federation and Starfleet and Klingons and Vulcans? Are there stars and also Treks? This cat is going to fall off the counter. Is there transporters? Jake, save that cat. Is there that noise on the bridge that goes, wee wee, when they walk in? Yes! So therefore, it is Star Trek. Although, being fair, the, the bwee bwee is a return to form. The bwee bwee went away for a long time. They put that, that was... It was, I mean, they popped it, it in was the Kelvin in, It was in the Kelvin But this is the first time it's in the, like... Yeah. I mean, See, it, to be fair, I also say the Kelvin timeline is in Star Trek. Well, but I, I, that I will... I will see where well, you're coming that's from Kelvin more Star on Trek. that. Slight I, would, I will agree with you to an extent that it is that I feel like Kelvin Star Trek has a unfamiliar tone from the rest of Star Trek. That you 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 are familiar with this tone of everything being dark and lit from behind. Well, I mean, visual tone, perhaps. But you, again, you are familiar with this tone of not letting any of the characters be characters and only focusing on the one chick. But what's his nuts? Saru, he was a Saru character. Saru didn't get to have do a. Saru had one one defining quality, and that's that he gets freaked I mean, out when there's danger. I no, mean, but I mean, but he there got was to be kind of sassy. Him and him and Burnham have kind of a thing. Clearly, not a thing. I mean, like they've got a shtick. They've got a patter. There's I mean, an almost. I don't know who to compare it to. It's not like Spock McCoy, but they're sort of a grudging. Yeah, they're 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 like adversaries. They're adversary. They're friends, but they're also kind of in competition a little. Would you say they were frenemies? No, no, I hate that word. It's dumb. Um, but here's the thing, though: like they're not going to flesh out a lot of these characters because they just killed them all. They killed a handful of them. Well, they killed a lot of them. Yeah, it wasn't. That, here, here's maybe where I'm thinking: like it's odd as a premiere. I would agree they, with that. they drop you, you right in. You don't learn a lot about the people. You learn a lot about the circumstance. Yeah, here, here. Okay, yes. I, I will agree with you on that because I think that, first of all, here's another CBS gripe. Sorry to go off topic <laughs> on that, but this was one episode. How dare you? Yeah. How dare you yeah. call this two episodes? This was a, this was a, a, dub, a, a feature-length premiere. There's no... The only reason mm-hmm. to have split it into two episodes was to... Force people to watch it on all access because they played the first quoth episode on broadcast terrestrial television, and then they played the quoth second episode only on the internet, and it was a goddamn cliffhanger. And this was one episode. Actually, God damn it! That might explain why the second episode title is kind of lackluster if this was decided later by the network. I guarantee it. And they split it in half. They're like, oh, fuck, we need, a, I don't know, Vulcan Hello Part 2. You're going to like the way you look, Chris. I guarantee it. The Vulcan, <laughs> yes, it's still nice you're here. The, <laughs> the Vulcan, how you doing? The oh, Vulcan, we don't you tell doing? you what you need to know until you really need to know. Yeah, it. Vulcans Which, are that's still Vulcans. consistent. Vulcans are still Vulcans. Clans are something. And the Vulcans are still showing us new shit they can do. Yes, they we, are. It's, we're, two, we're one slash two slash one, one episode and in, and we already are seeing some new bullshit we it's didn't amazing. know Vulcans could do. The, the te- he fucking put a horcrux <laughs> in the <laughs> The telecatra? He yeah. did some fucking wizarding, Jake. That's a He's been serious doing some wizarding. wizarding right there. Like, not to, not to jump... Balls deep into this no, one and a half let's. episode, but what the fuck? Sarek can just fucking horcrux his fucking ward, and it's because you know, it's because he he finger banger. Well, <laughs> oh, so, no! No, she was a child at that point. He, so here's, so I think what happened was she was dead, or like very close to yeah. death, and he downloaded a little bit of himself, did a little a little remembering on yeah. her, and that's why he said, "I gave you a piece of myself." My Katra, yeah, and that's why we have a we have like a, a telepathic co- a connection now. Mm-hmm. Gross. Mm-hmm. And has that ever happened before? No, I'm certain mm-hmm. it hasn't. No, and that well, that's and that's really in a way. Will it ever happen again? <laughs> in a way, see, there's for I all bet that you it will happen again, so that they can keep having Sara come along and and giving all the the nerds boners. I mean, the <laughs> only time I mean, the only other time we've seen a Vulcan give his Katra to somebody was. <laughs> Spock, Kotraring, McCoy, 
and then dying immediately. We will see it in Enterprise as well. Mm. Do they die immediately? Spoilers. Without giving away too much, someone is actually ferrying someone else's Katra. Is it me? Mm. No. And it's, you know, this guy who is a... This, this Vulcan is carrying another Vulcan's Katra. And he's not going cuckoo balls. So, as we posited in Star Trek Three, a Vulcan can hold another Vulcan's Katra more... Yeah. More successfully than a human can hold a Vulcan contract. Anyway. Especially so it's like how Johnny Mnemonic had extra storage built into his brain? Yes. That's how Vulcans do? Yes. So this guy's dying, but he's like, oh god, this Katra I'm carrying is more important than mine, and he downloads the other Katra into someone else's mind as he's dying. Oh. So, yeah. Ah. But yeah, so yeah, it is an interesting new uh, Vulcan superpower. Yep, um, yep. They're, they're always getting us with new ones. Yeah, um, that's great. That's how you know it is Star Trek. But yeah, that's, 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 that's the one. That's the one Star Trekky thing. There's I'm a right. couple Star Trekky things. We'll get to those. But uh, it definitely seems like it is. Uh, it is a rare thing. It doesn't happen often. And uh, it also it was implied that it, it took a great amount of effort for Sarek to, to maintain do. the link. You know what else we've just learned? Vulcans can do is uh, they can perch on the ledges of desks <laughs> that they're not actually in the room with. Well, let's just get real. Let's just be I realistic here. So much. Obviously. I do too. Had the exact same furniture layout in the room. Just in case you ever called. Yeah. I left your room exactly how you left it. <laughs> Full I... of my Catra. <laughs> I mean, what's kind of amazing about this is that you get the sense already that Sarek gives more of a fuck about Burnham than he does about Spock. Yeah. yeah. And, well, he and likes it's so humans. He hates Vulcans. And he, like, you know, part of the reason him and Spock fell out was because Spock decided to join Starfleet. Meanwhile, Sarek's just like, go, join Starfleet. I'm done dealing with you. Yeah, I got the impression, though, that she maybe got thrown out of some Vulcan No, stuff. she just graduated. But they probably decided not to let her on an all-Vulcan ship. So he was maybe. like, oh, this is awkward. Hmm. I mean, she's also a fucking screw-up, right? Like, <laughs> that's obvious that she has, like, not just a screw-up, but, like, Kind of a shithead? She, uh, Her she, head is shit? Why do you think she's a shithead screw-up? She loses... she fucking does everything wrong. The thing is, you get the sense that until the Klingon showed up and she lost sight of reason, she wasn't. But yes, we witnessed her on a really bad day. She wasn't thinking logically. Exactly. I mean, she got... she. Spoiler alert, the episode ends with her being sent to the brig for life. Yeah. Star Trek Orange is the New Black. Yeah. And I'm the not sure I and I'm hole. not sure I disagree. I mean maybe the the life sentence is a little extreme. Well, cuz there's only one death oh. sentence in Federation now. That's right. Except that may not have been established yet cuz I'm not sure when that happened. Oh, you know what kind of bummed me out uh, about the show is that none of the ships that showed up were constitution class. I think it would be a nice little nod if one of the ships Maybe was. they don't have it yet. It's only 10 years earlier. The Enterprise should already be out there somewhere. Under Pike, I would think. Like, this is about the same huh. time as the Talos I, incident. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a lot of debate and discussion about it. Mm. And I bet just, you they'll save it for the finale or some shit. Or, like, if it makes it more than one season, it'll show up during sweeps. Mm. So who's going to show up as, like, a badly CG'd uh, person a la, like, Star Wars 7? Oh, no, we, I don't think we're going to get the Enterprise first. We'll get one of the other ones. We'll maybe get the USS Constitution, NX, whatever the fuck its registry mm. was, or the Constellation, or what the fuck, I don't even remember the names of the other ones. Farragut. If anything, yeah, no, the, if, the, if we ever see the Enterprise, it'll probably be towards the end of the show's run. Yeah, and I doubt we will see anyone on it. Maybe you'll just hear the voice. You'll hear the voice of Kirk. Yeah. And that's going to be it. That's my prediction. Yeah, no, I um, I did like how Commander Starfleet's ship kind of I like, like that he's Commander Starfleet uh, now. Admiral Starfleet. Admiral Starfleet. <laughs> Admiral. I did like how Admiral Starfleet's ship literally cut in half. Well, yes, but it also, I don't know if you noticed it, like, I like the Starfleet ship designs. Yeah. And uh, that one kind of reminded me of like maybe like a prototype Miranda class. They yeah. all look like jewelry pendants. Which well, one? so they're what they're doing with this. You can sort of tell like and this is one of the things I noticed because this is what I do. They are doing a decent job in a way of sort of filling the gap between Enterprise and the original series because a lot of this is very Enterprise. 
the ship designs, the uniforms, the bridge even is much more sort of stark and gray. And it was better lit on Enterprise. Like you said, this one's lit much more darkly. I feel like, I wonder if that's just the, the aesthetic of the time right now. Jake and I watch a, another sci-fi show called The Expanse, which is also very like, it's all, it's a lot of high-tech gadgetry, which reminded me a lot of this. Yeah. Well, I think Expanse Jake, is really good. Jake, I think you were saying, I can't remember if it was on air or not, or one of you, maybe it was... Ow? Talking about the fact that, you know, because of the nature of TVs once upon a time, they had to brightly light TV shows just because they really, they had to work across sort of a wide range of models and abilities. Nowadays, they know most folks have at least low-end HD, mm. so they can be a bit more cinematic in their lighting and design. This is and, super cinematic. Yeah. I, I thought this was practically, like, this felt like it wanted to be a movie. Yeah, no, it definitely did. Yeah. But, so it's interesting, though, because she mentions uh, specifically the, the, during one of the flashbacks that the Shenzhou is an older model, mm-hmm. which is why it has those weird transporters. The Discovery has an even lower registry number than the Shenzhou, which means it's an even older ship. So you get the idea by sort of seeing these two, like, Starfleet, it looks like probably is still mostly NX-type Sort of like just saucer with nacelles, like you said, Jake, very Miranda. The Discovery, maybe, is now, canonically, one of the first ships to sort of have the very distinct saucer and engineering hull. And even then, it's not quite the engineering hull we're going to come to know, because it's triangular. And there's a lot of sort of triangular, even the Shenzhou has sort of a triangular thing going on. Uh, It's like they haven't quite hit on the cylindrical engineering section quite yet. Yeah. That they'll get to with the um, Constitution class... And will, you know, influence the Excelsior and the Ambassador and things like that. So in, in a way, it, it is filling in some gaps without ma- stating it explicitly. We're so exciting, guys. Mm-hmm. How about them Klingons? I feel like this is the, the, they were bound to be controversy no matter what. Or at least conversation. Yeah, you know, my, my big complaint about the Klingons is not the makeup change. Uh, I say my big complaint is that... It didn't seem as though they ADR'd the <laughs> voices. Yeah. So and they had horrible prosthetic teeth that made them sound really muffled. I wonder if that was what they was kind of intentional as a they they sound like they're eating garbage. <laughs> I mean, the main issue for me was just the lead guy to what's it that what was his name? Takovma. Takovma, like the guy who played him. I said this when we were watching. It sounded like he was Chris Obi. Chris Obi sounded like he was actively in pain when he was speaking Klingon. That's how Klingons work, though. But, I mean, it was there was something very halting and strained in a way that other Klingons haven't had in the past. And even other Klingons in this episode didn't have. Voke, the albino Klingon, seemed when he spoke Klingon... Oh, it very was, smooth. It was very much smoother. Smooth. He didn't sound like he was, like, in agony. I wonder if that was intentional, because he's kind of doing a rallying the troops, we're going to fuck him up thing. Mm. It reminds me kind of like how Hitler spoke really haltingly. Mm. There were a lot of, like, short bursts and lots of space. Like, I wonder if that's intentional. They wanted him to... He's sort Maybe. of... Mm. I mean, he's clearly... I could be wrong. He's he could clearly, just be in pain. <laughs> he's clearly a fanatic. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think... Jake, you'll have to fill me on this one, because this is where my knowledge is very watery. But don't we see bits and pieces of sort of Klingon religious fanaticism in later series? Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess earlier, because now, wow, this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, don't we get occasional glimpses of, like, crazier sort of Klingons here and there scattered throughout TNG and DS9? Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's definitely Klingons who are fundamentalists. Yeah, and this seems to be sort of, this is yeah. their great revival. Oh, I mean, uh, Chang, for example. Mm. You know, he's kind yeah. of a Chang-like character. <laughs> but thank God he isn't just doing Shakespeare quotes the whole time. <laughs> That's true. Jesus Christ. I'll take yeah. I'll take halting Klingon over constant, unending Shakespeare. <laughs> Cut to Chang. What light through yonder window breaks? <laughs> makes no sense. <laughs> no, I mean I don't need a lot of it. But if we do just get one quick shot of maybe Voke reading any of them in mm. Tale of Two Cities, that's. Dickens. And also relevant to the Star, Star Trek. Trek. Oh. Kirk was a I thought fan. you were trying to make another joke I wasn't getting, and I was trying to run with it, but I failed. I apologize. I'm bad at jokes. It was the best It of wasn't times. a joke. Was I was just times. making a reference. 
No, I know, but I thought it was a... It, sorry. You're right. He'll be reading Titus Andronicus. They like that one. That one's particularly bloody. Yes, it is. They love it. Oh they probably God, think it was a comedy. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> and when Jake says it's gone off the rails, we've clearly pawned far enough. Ah. <laughs> uh. You know what else I didn't find very Star Trek-y was the opening credit sequence. Oh, I loved it, though. It's pretty. It's for a fucking movie or a uh, documentary. It reminded me a little bit of the Hannibal credits. Did you ever see Hannibal? Yeah. It kind of reminded me of the Hannibal credits. Well, Brian Fuller was involved for a little while, so... He may have brought along similar designers, and even if he after he left, maybe some of them stuck around. That's the thing that that's, that is that, that style is somewhat in vogue right now. It reminds, it reminds me of the, the title sequences to other shows that, that I've seen recently. Like what? Well, it reminds me a little bit of the Expanse opener, mm. a little bit. Yeah, um, a lot, the, lot of Expanse similarities. The hundred has a similar sort of thing. I mean, how many times can we really watch a ship? Float through space. Well, ne- never again after the motion picture. Like literally, never again. <laughs> well, no, like, yeah. like the TNG opening, the DS Nine opening, the Voyager opening. It's all just ships going through space while soft music swells. Like Enterprise tried to break away with a little by showing the sort of the footage of the history of yeah. exploratory vessels through the years, but still went like yeah, but ships in space. Yeah, and you know, if it weren't for the music, I think the Enterprise opener would have been fine. I think they've yeah. chosen a different score. Or even just, yeah, that song is, I, I, maybe even just another song would have been fine. That's Apparently, saying, yeah. uh, a listener mentioned on Facebook the other day, although it might have been my personal Facebook, not the group, but either way, that they actually originally wanted a U2 song called Beautiful Day. Oh, no. Which, honestly, I'd take it over the garbage we no, got. No, I don't want that either. I don't want any fucking pop song as Star Trek theme song. The only lyrics... In a Star Trek theme song should be Gene Roddenberry lyrics. Yeah. God I thought damn it. The only lyric should be row, row, row your boat. Yes. And we'll say, you know, the theme I, I like that the theme the theme music had um you know sort I've of already forgotten the theme music and we've watched it four times n- now. Nods to um original to series. To the original series. And Kelvin. Or well no, the Kelvin wasn't in the theme, was it? It no. was but it was early in the um episode. episode. Yeah. When they were first on planet. Sorry. But um yeah, I, I did like that it had nods to that. I will say though, it's not it's not the most hummable song. Like it's not like something that's you know you're not gonna be sitting around at work going. Dah, 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 dah. Oh, see, it, it's already been getting stuck in my fucking head. Really? Yeah. Well, wow. Chris has a very special head. That's true. Shirt. I am a little obsessed with music and aesthetics and shit. Mm. Uh, I definitely prefer it to say Voyager's theme. Is that the one with the really bad lyrics? No, there's no words, but it's just rather dreary and forgettable. I actually like Voyager's theme. Really? Fair enough. I think I actually like Voyager's theme better than DS9. Which one is Voyager's theme, slightly off course from the Klingons, uh, and I feel like they, they probably are one of the more discussed things right now, so we should... Mm. Although we discuss them. They had some interesting jewelry. Um, on the face? The face, face jewelry, jewelry on the, some of the ones in the... It was all... And everything was very elaborate. They had yeah. scorpion costumes? Yep. They look like goddamn orc What's A little bit. That? A little bit. Yeah. From Lord of the Rings. Well, there was that one dude... The orcs. The one oh. that was kind of a dickhead with the red face paint. He was... Uh, Is that yeah. cool? No, he was one of the hologram ones who oh fucked off There's later. another one? Was that Cole? I don't know. I think Cole we're going to see him more. He's the Klingon warrior from the House of Kor, the internet tells me. Oh. The House of Kor? Oh, wow. The House of Kor! <laughs> it's settled then. I know I know about Vok. What? Okay. Okay. We all know who Kor is. Kor. Kor is our good friend. Oh. Yeah. We know who Kor is, so we know who the House of Kor is. It's Kor's house. Well, 
It's a little spoiler, a little DS9 spoiler for you all. And are we going with this? Uh, Kor, Koloth, and Kang, and Dax, at this time it would be Curzon Dax, all take a blood oath to, dis- to defeat and kill an albino. And they have to go and they go and they go on a mission. Oh, yeah. They go on a mission together in the distant future to hunt down this albino. Now it's never really said if the albino is Klingon. He doesn't look very Klingon, but neither, you know, neither of these guys. So I'm thinking maybe maybe there's a connection. Maybe the albino was uh Vok. That would be amazing. Can that I just tell you that if you're right and that no one else has thought of this shit, that you're just... I mean, either way, you're amazing, but this well, is fucking I mean, stellar. it was obvious that Call or whatever his name was, did not care for Vok. Yeah. He was already predisposed to disliking him. Yeah. He thought he was vermin, and I'm pretty sure... Well, yeah, but I and the albino you. calls Klingons scum or something. I can't remember what he said. He said something nasty about Klingons in the DS9 episode. So oh, I'm, in the DS9 episode. Yeah, so I'm going with that. I'm going with uh, I like it. Core, whatever. Something later is going to happen that's going to force this blood oath, and which means we might meet Curzon Dax, which would be fun. Oh, that yeah. would be kind of interesting. Then it would feel like fucking Star Trek to me. Speaking oh. of fan theories, from what little we do see of Captain Lorca in the little, you know, coming up on Discovery oh, bit yeah. at the end. He's not even in these. Episodes. No, he's not. He is already seeming kind of unstable and weird. Mm. And I feel like maybe the internet really is onto something with, with him potentially the, uh, with being the, Garth of Garth. Because he's got some weird shit on his ship and all this other stuff. And also, now, now, we did see the next time on. Yeah. Um, so is the implication that the Discovery is a prison ship? No, it sounds like he has her pulled aboard yeah, because he needs her for something. Yeah, I think her for specific reasons. Uh, yeah, she's there on like work release or whatever the hell they call it. Hmm. Oh, but the, sorry, I, this one thing I wanted to bring up, re the Klingons, is uh, I saw an article a little while ago that suggests that the look of them in this is actually based on a design pass they did when they were first redesigning the Klingons for the motion picture. Uh, for the motion picture? Yeah. The 1979 or so motion picture? Yep. Uh, huh. Wish we could have seen what that would have looked like. Well, and that's probably why they didn't do it. I think they look like horseshoe crabs. Yeah, I can see it. I can sort of see it, especially once we have seen those hermit crab aliens on the planet as well. Oh, yeah. yeah what's gonna, here's what's going to be Lots of the, the opening scene of the next episode is going to be them peeling off their masks <laughs> and revealing that they're just regular bronze, bronzer, covered, 60s. 60s era Klingons. Be like, ah, <laughs> we sure scared the shit out of those Federation people. Brilliant. But, um... The one thing, though, that they didn't keep, thank God, was that in this drawing, the Klingons only had three fingers, and they kind of looked like tentacles. Ah. So they at least For decided... For pleasure. Oh. But they did have, like, really, like... Long pointy, fingernails, yeah. Long fingernails. Those kind yeah. Of were those fi- yeah, they were like claws. Almost. Yeah. Yeah, when when, when Valk, like, clenched his fist, I'm like, oh, that's going to gouge. Yeah. She also mentioned, Burnham mentioned the Klingon being warrior cast, which is interesting, because there was a never-produced... Uh, Star Trek Phase 2 script that would have gotten into more detail about Klingon culture, you know, well back before Klingon culture had really been established, that was going to have a more explicit cast system and a lot of other stuff happening there that I kind of wonder if they referred to that when coming up with this idea. Mm. Hmm. So do we think the idea is that Kuvma Takuvma Takuvma is a... um, I mean, we find out in the second half of the pilot that um that his father was like disgraced or somehow yeah and it seems to me that like maybe like they're fall like he's they're followers of some cult vol they're feeders of vol well because there's there's this thing i can't remember where where it's from but something i think must have been Worf said or something that klingons do not worship the corpses of the fallen of fallen warriors, no, really, and that they because you know they just look at the corpse as being a shell, and that the warrior has ascended to Stovokor. Huh. Obviously, in this episode, it's a much different because the fallen they literally cover their ship with the corpses of the fallen. Yeah, but that um, does seem unique to this one vessel. And like also, maybe they'll change their policy given recent events. Yeah. <laughs> no. no shit. Uh, Whoops, lol. Womp womp. So things, though, that I thought were actually a bit more Star Trek, though, 
first of all, this little nod I noticed to Star Trek Two. There, when they activate their red alert, one of the screens has the same graphic that the Enterprise mm. screens will have when it goes to red alert, including on the, one of the cyborg's face screens. Nice. I hate that cyborg. <laughs> see, I wanted to see more of the cyborg. I'm, and I'm glad pretty sure it's died. dead. Well, maybe there'll be one on the other ship. Fingers maybe, crossed. Maybe it's just a a standard something that comes. It's like R two D two. Yeah, it looked like a fucking DJ in a club who would play house yeah. music. Well, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a bit Daft Punk Mouse and Dead Cyborg. It was a uh, yeah. There was a cameo in this episode by Daft Punk. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what I liked too, though, other little things was you know we're talking about her thruster suit and how sort of advanced it looked. Way more advanced than, than what Spock had, but. Underneath that, I can't, I'm not going to try to explain the hard shell part, but underneath that, the actual spacesuit was, to me, kind of reminiscent of the awful shower curtain spacesuits we get in TOS, because it's this glittery, sort of uncomfortable looking I material. You mean the the, the, has, the hazmat suits that you can just scratch the yeah, nose yeah, on yeah. But it was also the same material <laughs> for their spacesuits, I think. But yeah, it had that sort of, that just weird patterned look. Also the, the like... The little, like, cowl she had to wear inside the helmet mm. is very, um... Bedazzled. I mean, it's all, but it's also, like, I mean, that's something they actually wear, astronauts today wear in uniform still, but not something that Star Trek astronauts are usually depicted as wearing. So it, it's this sort of, again, this midpoint between the real world and astronauts today and Star Trek in the future where they just keep their hair loose in helmets and somehow doesn't float into their faces. Mm. Oh, God, what else was there? A lot of hairspray. Yes. I'm trying to think. There were other little things. She talked uh, She talked to the brig yes. to death. Yep. Yep. Convincing Working. a computer. She didn't talk it to death, but she, she argued with it successfully. I, I loved that. I missed Majel's voice. Mm. Well, Majel's this one, dead. So. This one, well, this one sounded too friendly. Mm. I also enjoyed, uh, well, I enjoyed what I thought when her thruster suit was counting down. It just reminded me of the countdown on the Excelsior before... It sputtered to death with its ridiculous car He's noises. doing a countdown! <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, there, there were many ways, like little ways, subtle ways, that it f- still felt like the core was there, even if they built on the it. The house of core! Yes. Ah. <laughs> there it was. Even as I said it, I knew someone was going to do it. I had um, to. Yeah, you did. I, it's fair. I, I don't blame you. But they built on it in a slightly weird way, but it's not completely, I think, unrecognizable. Again, maybe I say that because... Having watched, I think, more Enterprise than most of the table, I can sort of see the connection they're making from there. You know, it still looks like a less comfortable ship than the Enterprise will be. Hmm. It, You know, you can argue it still looks far more advanced, because that's just the reality of making television. But they do do a good job of making it, like I said, look a little less... You can't relax on that bridge. Yeah, it's also... all very metal and hard. You get the sense the chairs aren't nice to sit in. They're yeah. always exploding. I liked how when the guy had to make his <laughs> manual calculations, he used He's like literally a hand calculator. A calculator, yep. When they had to do uh, the, the pilot, actually had fucking a proper proper hand controls, not just mm. buttons. She had like joysticks and a. Yeah, and thing. I did like that. She you had know, an there Xbox were obviously controller. a lot of like floating touch screeny looking yeah. holographic images, but I did like how that the controls all looked like they were tactile. Like yeah, which is yeah important for older Trek. They, they do seem to be taking some ideas from the Kelvin timeline, though, because the viewer seems to be more sort of a virtual window with, like, you can have individual sub-screens. Yeah, not which even is a very virtual Kelvin. window. It was just a window. Like, yeah. They showed it from the outside. I'm not sure how I feel about just... Although, I have to say, something that I thought a lot about Star Trek, and I think I even said this in the fucking Star Trek 2... You with, did. I was waiting for you to... They have a fucking telescope that when the fucking ship, when the sensors are broken... They can look out with a telescope. I thought you'd like that. And I did like that. I was like, God damn it. Why don't they do this all the time? Because yeah. it seems to me the sensors get fucked up a lot. And it could be nice every now and again to just be able to look through a telescope and be like, yep, there's Khan. Shoot that way. <laughs> uh, well, you know, he's, he's, he's washing invention. Here's why she have one. Yeah. Pick two ham sandwiches for us. Because, I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't actually know what nationality... <laughs> the Russian currency. Georgio is, but it seems Russian to me. Who? The captain, Philippa... I don't know how to pronounce her last Giorgio? name. Giorgio? Giorgio. Like, it... Yeah, it seems like Philippa it, is a nice name. Philippa, yeah. Philippa Giorgio, which it does seem like it... You know, Isn't it could Philippa be... Philippa, like, Latinx? Wasn't Philippa Sue... Didn't she play 
Eliza in Hamilton and wasn't I, she? There was definitely a Philippa Sue in Hamilton. I have no idea who the hell she was. Was it with though. a PH or an F? I think it was a PH, but I could be wrong. Go on. But yeah, it's it's it. it I don't know. It feels like it could be a, a Russian name, and uh, no, I feel like they'd have like I wouldn't say Russian if you said if you told me Giorgio, yeah, it's I would Italian or something. Yeah, yeah I would go Mediterranean Greek. somewhere. Yeah. Well, it could also be like Greek, maybe. Yeah, I think she might be Chinese. Might be. That's just a hunch. <laughs> I mean, yes, the is actress, that, is, the actress is Chinese. Michelle Yeoh is, Yeo yes. Is. The actress, the actress is Chinese. But, you know, but it's, the, it's name, the future, and, you know, true. her parents... And when she I and Pom would have hit it off. Saru was born in San Francisco. <laughs> I liked Saru a lot. Saru I really was, hope we see more of him, because he seems not... Well, he's a, he's a regular, as far as I know. Yeah, he's going to be a regular... Though I don't know, I feel like the only following Michael around doing her most almost 90% her story, and then the Klingons. Make, mm. Things that... I wanted to know everything about the rest of the bridge, and I didn't see anything. Like like Carter, the guy who like wanders into the bridge looking for Med Bay because he's an idiot. And then gets sucked into space. And gets sucked into space. It's like, I wish I knew you better, buddy. Well, here's the thing, is that I think that there was... Uh, this, this is my biggest complaint about the show, is that I do not suspect, and I can't say this for sure, but I do not suspect that these two episodes are going to be reflective of much of the rest of the show. That's an interesting point, yeah, because if the ships are all destroyed, and if we're going to see meet a new captain next week, presumably, right. yep. in, what's his name? Gabriel Lorca. Gabriel Lorca, the captain of the Discovery, which we haven't even seen the Discovery yet, and this show is called Discovery. Yeah. These first two episodes are more just set up for what the actual series. I, I almost feel like you know. Obviously, I think I think that the studio probably wanted to start things off with an action-packed battle, and I don't know. It's it's so okay. This it reminds me. So the opening of the fir- the first the pilot episode of DS Nine is trippy as hell. Well, yes, but the opening moments of it are. The Battle of Wolf 359, mm-hmm. where... So it's a battle, very much like this one. It's a massacre. The Federation just gets absolutely stomped. Yep. Cisco's wife gets killed, spoiler alert, for the first two minutes of the pilot. Yeah. And like, and, and that's sort of the same thing, right? It's like this setup, this horrible thing that happened that really shaped the character of Cisco. Yeah. But that was... Like two minutes at the beginning of the pilot. Yeah, and then you not, met the rest of your cast and right. saw like what the dynamics would be. Yeah, not like a huge chunk of your season now. Two whole episodes two, of your season. Well, one episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, Though they did, I will say, do an you know show an admirable amount of restraint. Um, what? Well, because the way they advertised it, and I rather hoped it, this was going to be not indicative of the premiere and it wasn't but the way they advertised it the first you know episode was just going to be constant explosions as it is it was a lot of talking trying to figure out what to do in that way you know very star trek in that they were sitting around talking trying to figure out how can we avoid combat and it does finally happen but it happens towards the end you know know, i felt like i felt like in some ways it kind of dragged i felt like it could have gotten to the chase a bit Oh, My see, God, it I, is Star Trek. I, I, I thought it went along at a pretty uh, okay clip myself. Yeah, I, I thought the pace was good. I, I don't know. I felt like I felt like that first episode could have gone... Okay, first of all, the opening scene on the planet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, the little little with the, with the well. Oh, and they called it General Order 1, not the Prime Directive. Right. Which I enjoyed. Um, Sorry, go on. I'm going to say that that was an unnecessary scene. Didn't need it. Didn't affect anything. Yeah, I think they were trying to set up the dynamic between first officer and yeah. captain. But yeah, but you know, it, yeah, it was. I just felt like it was an odd place to start the show. They like really they wanted a desert, that. a desert world, and they got you a desert world, Jake. And they really wanted to have the oh, we drew the Star Trek sign on the grass and ship sauce. I will space. say though, why isn't there standard issue desert gear? They had completely different outfits, completely different goggles. Like what? <laughs> I mean, why didn't anybody in the original series ever have a fucking flashlight or something? (laughs) Well, yes, but damn it, their uniforms matched. Um, Sure. But yeah, so I feel like that part could have been cut. I think we could have probably opened with... Well, we did open with Takuvma, but I feel like we could have opened... We could have gone right from Takuvma to 
we're investigating this destroyed probe or yeah. whatever that's dead. Yeah. And then like you know, and then I don't know. I just felt like it, it. It took a lot of time doing things, and I just I here's here's here. I would have liked it if the first if that these two quote unquote two episodes <laughs> were condensed into a single forty five minute episode. Whoa! That we got the introduction of the characters. We got the battle. We got the destruction. But of then why would Shenzhen. you have to go watch CBS All Access for that? Well, Jake? right. And I then, also feel like forty five minutes wouldn't be quite enough. Then it would have felt rushed. Well, really, it should have been a full hour. They shouldn't have put commercials on it. Yeah, that's what they should. Like Same. that's what that's what you do when you care about a show is as a you do a full hour premiere with no commercial breaks. I mean, the problem here is a problem you see throughout media. The creators of media usually, not always, but usually care. The problem is networks, studios, publishers, they don't. Mm. CBS clearly doesn't care about Star Trek, except thinking maybe we can make some money off of it. Well, of course. I think the people that made it cared. I think they cared a great deal. I think that, you know, for all they've done some crazy stuff, and let's be honest, this is kind of a soft reboot. Yeah. Like, they're not... Call, they want to insist it's going to fit very neatly in the prime timeline, but it already doesn't. But that's fine, because I feel like enough of it is is right that I believe the people behind it give a shit. I don't think CBS gives a shit. I think CBS are fucking monsters. Mm. I also don't know... It does kind of... I, I, okay, I'm going to reserve judgment because it, it, it could make more sense later. Mm-hmm. But I just... I don't see what the impetus for setting this series when they did. Ten years prior to, to Ten TOS. Ten years prior to TOS. So we can have Harry Mudd. That's a good reason. You could have Harry, Harry, you could have Harry, Harry's Mudd's great-grandson instead. No, Harry Mudd's great-great-granddaughter, Stella the Fourth. There you go. Who's um, actually just a robot. But like, I don't know. I feel like you could, you could have had a similarly interesting series premiere that was essentially the same show that takes place after Voyager Voyager or after DS9 or something. I mean, yeah. And then you wouldn't have to like I just feel like they they gave them they handicapped themselves mm. by putting it here because now they have to adhere to certain rules and restrictions and and every time they don't they're going to get I feel like now they're going to have to adhere to all these canon rules and they're not going to be able to, and every time they don't, a lot of fans are going to flip their shit. And I know we're the type we're not the type of people that would do that. We understand that we never go off on canon. Yeah, canon <laughs> is canon as canon, but a lot of people catches catch canon. <laughs> yes, a lot a lot of people aren't as forgiving of the canon thing as we are. Which and like I feel like they could have just like there's nothing specifically. I don't see yet that is like, oh, this had to have gone here in the timeline. The politics are more interesting. They could have had the similar politics. And, and, well, know. but I also think like watching them have like stumbling blocks and like not quite knowing what they're doing yet will be interesting because maybe was, we get to see was, some of those Enterprise. Enterprise. They, already, they did that. Well, I haven't Enterprise. seen that but yet. And Enterprise was supposedly terrible. So maybe they want to do it well. Better than people say. Maybe. I, I suppose. I don't know. I just think that there's probably, they could they could have told the same story. You know, because here's the thing, right? After D after DS Nine, the Klingon Empire is kind of kind of fucked up. They've just had political turmoil, and um, the time could be ripe for yeah, uh, seeing how somebody bring back the old ways. Yeah, seeing how the 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 Klingon story fits in before TOS is going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Well, we know that there was a hot war with the Klingons. Yep. Prior to TOS, that's referenced. Yep. So, I mean, I, yeah. I also think that... I think they should have given themselves more than 10 years before. I think it just, like... Yeah, if, maybe 15, 20... I just... We would definitely be seeing ships that looked like the Enterprise at this point. Yeah. Right? Well, well, again... We well, it's early days. Yeah, it there's... Is. We know... We talked about this a couple times during the series, but there's only 12 in the fleet by the time of Kirk. Mm-hmm. So, right now, there's maybe two or three bouncing around. And if they're new and super high-tech and, like... Well, why wasn't why wasn't I was I was really hoping that Captain uh, that Admiral Starfleet ship would have like they would have panned up and it would have been a Constitution class. Yeah. I literally 
would have come in my pants. <laughs> it would have if, been if, if they had panned up and it was a Constitution class. Yeah, but then but, it would have got and, 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 and then and it uh, uh, and, and then they identified him as Robert April. <gasps> I think he just got some on my foot. Oh, I think I saw your microphone. stain on his trousers. He actually oh. a little. Okay. Well, actually, actually, you know what? All joking aside, they probably weren't in range. The Enterprise? The Constitution classes were clearly deep meant space. to be deep space, long-term exploratory vessels. So they were probably off in the middle of fucking nowhere. That's true. So they couldn't be quickly recalled. All right, I'll buy it. That, that's probably the kind of thing they can use to kind of explain where know. they are for they the They are almost always the only ship somewhere in, in, in right, the vicinity. Right, that's This is the one time there were a bunch of ships in the quadrant. That's why they couldn't be there. They have to be the only ship in the quadrant. But also, this wasn't the events here taking place at the farthest reaches of Federation space anyway. Yeah, I thought that too. Presumably, that's it, but they were listen, going to check out a relay, right? Space goes in all directions, guys. But also, presumably... Ooh. The farthest reaches of Federation space in the Beta Quadrant, since they're near the Klingon border. Mm. Well, this is also it's space. Space nerds. does go in all directions. It does, but uh, you know, remember that galaxies are disc shaped. They're not ours. Like, is well, yes. There are a few that are more spherical. Yeah, but I think generally things. Try generally, to yes, but there's one or two disc. that aren't quite as neat. Um, and yes, they're disc shaped, but they're not like two dimensional. There's width. width. Wafathin? Slide it under a door jam? Oh god, that's right, guys, you just reminded me. They broke one of the cardinal rules of Star Trek. And I'm so happy. Ships met not like perfectly fucking like level. The Shenzhou is kind of off kilter as compared to the Klingon Doom thing. I was so excited. I also thought that um you know, again, I you know, part of me is like fanboying and I wanna see things that I recognize. So like I was, wow, you're the worst fan, Jay. I know. I just, but like, like I say, I would, I would, I would have jizzed myself if I saw the saw the Constitution class. I was, I was excited enough to see something that sort of looked like a Miranda class, and I was like, oh, yeah. oh did you spot the one with four in the cells? It's like a little, yeah, a little I constellation. Like yeah, <laughs> oh, I, hope I hope that's the stargazer. I hope Picard's on there. Only you know, like he'd be eighty years before 80, he was yeah. born. Um, <laughs> but it was a little, it was a little weird that. Um, None of the other Klingon ships looked like Klingon ships. Klingon ships. Yeah. They all, they all, like the Klingon aesthetic of their ships was all very Kelvin verse. I did want a D5. A D5 would have been nice. But they, like, you know, I can understand the main ship, Takuvma's ship it's, being. It's a unique, weird Yeah, it, that's something that his dad built. It's a temple, it's a castle in, in space. Although, it does have a roughly, you know, it's got the sort it's of the big bulbous head, the long neck, and then the body. So it does have the shape. The silhouette's there. But uh, I would have liked it if some of like the other ships that showed up were uh, were more recognizable. Well, if, if you know how you could almost explain that, though. This is a point where the Empire is apparently in disarray. Mm. So there may not be a standardized military. So there isn't sort of a standard... These are like head-of-house ships. Yeah, it's true. And if this is the point where they're all sort of in conflict, they're making ships that are supposed to sort of impress one another. So, so like, it could they, be... They didn't buy their ships from the Romulans yet. Right. <laughs> so they end up, you know, maybe after they reunite, they sort of make things a little more standardized. That's when you get the more familiar Klingon designs. Mm-hmm. And there's things in there. There's that one small ship that had a sort of bird of prey feel, things like yeah. that. Uh, yeah. I'm wondering what Caitlin... Because Caitlin's been quiet about what the show Sorry, yeah, we, we, we've gone full nerd. I apologize. Yeah, this happens. We went really, really, for uh, even for us, that was bad. You can cut it off. No, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. No, I really liked it. Uh, I really, uh, I love, I actually really liked the uniforms. I felt very you, Chris, because I really, I was like, oh, those uniforms are snazzy. I really like, uh, I really like Saru. Saru Looking forward to cool. getting to know Saru better. He's great. What is his actor's name? Getting to know Doug you. Jones. Doug Jones. Getting to know he seems all cool. Saru. He has been. <laughs> that's nice, That's good. I looked him up earlier, and he's apparently been married to the same woman since 1984, so he also just seems like a stand-up guy. That's nice. Maybe she's uh, got dirt on him. I mean, he's certainly a stand-up guy. He's like seven feet tall. Oh. Sorry. Oh, tall sorry. drink of water there. Yowza. The one thing that did seem a little weird about Saru was that he's from a species that seems to be just sort of a little sort of cautious and timid. Why the fuck would he join Starfleet? 
get some babes. Fair I, don't know, I feel like he's got he's got skills that are useful for Starfleet, like yeah. being able to sense death, being a massive pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, then again, he's the one that came up with the beginnings of the germ of the uh, dump a torpedo on them idea. So mm. there is a little bit of deviousness there, which I hope they mine. I don't know. He mostly wanted to run away. Yeah, but at the end, which when is he came a good to idea. It, it was. They should have listened to him, especially Admiral Starfleet. Long may he rest in peace. <laughs> well, I think he'll rest in peace forever. Yeah. I, Long I, may he not come back from the dead. Yeah, no, his his ship got bisected. There were a lot of things that I thought were really cute, though, in the show, or interesting. I liked the um, when Michael was getting ready to go out in her little space suit, and our our boy at the boards was doing his little, you know, thank you for flying American Airlines spiel. Hmm. Yeah, um, Mr. Captain speaking. I did wonder, though, like, and I know I said this to you guys already, but I did wonder if, like, that would even still be a thing during this time period. Like, are people still, like, actually using airplanes for leisure? Are they using teleporters? Transporters. Do their whatever. pilots have to dictate anything? Yeah. Instead of oh, we're there, guys. Yeah, like two seconds. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. So I thought that was cute, but I but I kind of wondered if like I loved Here's that it was there, but I kind of didn't know if it was. Everyone in Star Trek is obsessed with the twentieth century. Mm, this is true. So this guy is just part of that. Except whole thing. for the Squire of Gothos, who is yeah. obsessed with the seventeenth century. <laughs> yeah, and for all we know, I mean, it's it it could be. I mean, planes could still be. Being used on Earth. Yeah, I mean, planes could be used, but would they give the same exact spiel? Yeah, Why well, change it? Yeah, I mean, gotta have those tray tables up. You gotta figure. Yeah, but but you know the, how a plane works probably changes. You don't have to say like, oh, the emergency exit is there because the emergency exit is we beam you out of the plane. I mean, I I don't know. That would mean each an individual. Wow, each individual seat would have to have its own personal teleporter unit. Yes. That sounds. Risky and very energy consumptive. It, it, it sounds unreliable. But, yeah. So, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised like if that. there's planes on planets, just because I'm sure there's plenty of transporter phobes. Yeah, and plus, I would get, I would anticipate that Phobics. transporters are probably not, like, everyone has one in their house. Mm. Well, I don't have an airplane in my house. I can still use one if I have yeah, somewhere you have to go. Yeah, you have a car. Yeah, but I don't dictate my drive in my car. Like, oh, and on your left, you'll see. <laughs> but if Google has their way, it'll be dictating our drive to us sooner than later. If my self-driving car fucking talks to me, it's going to be a deep shit. Well, you could you could program it to not. But then, like, if you're driving through an unfamiliar city, you could be like, car, enter tour guide mode. And then it would, like, tell you all the sites. <laughs> okay, so that, uh, the, the tray table airline comment brings up an interesting thought I had too is that uh, aside from that there really wasn't much if any kind of levity. Nope. There was one more moment of banter on the bridge. Saru and Michael agree about something about the Klingons and mm-hmm. Captain Giorgio? Mm-hmm. Philippa. Right. Is like, oh, make note of that, helmsman. LOL. They just agreed on something. Yeah, mm. but that was that was basically it in an hour and a half of show. Ames, you hate fun. What do you want? <laughs> I, I just want to know. No, this goes this goes back to my like the the tone of the show is very different because yeah. yeah. it's like hyper serious. It's hyper drama and it's it's ma it's like science it's, fiction it's is drama of today. Science fiction isn't allowed to be have fun anymore, Ames. Mm. They did away with well, that. It's I mean, going to be interesting to I see. I don't know. We, Chris watched the Orville. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this tone deals with Harry Mudd because we know yeah. he's showing up. I, don't know, I, I, I hope they do find kidnapper. <laughs> I, I hope they do find uh, ways to add some levity to it. I mean, I would be very disappointed if we go through a whole season of the show without one. <laughs> they will bring that music back, ironically, for, like, the most horrifying chase in yes. the series. Like, there'll be nothing funny about it, and just the juxtaposition of that music with whatever the scene is is just like, no! It's gonna be like... <sighs> It's going to be like the in-series yakety sax, <laughs> except that they're being chased by, like, a monster made of knives. And, like, red shirts are just getting fucking pulped right behind. Whatever. I guess not red. Copper shirts, I guess? I think copper What's is operations. What's baser than copper? Maybe they're tin shirts. Well, no, because the colors are gold, silver, and copper, or bronze, Rock. maybe. 
Rock so. shirt. Peter means rock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, full circle. Another uh, thought I had there. Oh, how people in the uh, on the show have been talking about how Starfleet's all about exploration, and then that boy was very upset about that they were fighting in a war because mm. a lot of folks who were critical of the series up to the premiere were complaining that that the uh, that Star Trek should not be about war. That it should be about exploration. I like that that sentiment was echoed by the characters as well. Well, it's probably been a while since they had a proper a proper knockabout. Because the last big one would have been the Romulan War, which was, what, 80, 90 years ago at this point? Quite a long time. Yeah. So, I mean, there's obviously been at least the occasional conflagration, just because... Um, conflagration? That, using that word wrong yet. There has <laughs> been There has been the occasional dust-up, though, because uh, dust the way... Up. Giorgio talks. She has seen some shit firsthand. So, but yeah, it's probably their first major one since the Romulans. Guys, we had screaming and the blood. We had our first. Well, I had. I had my first touch dicks of the series, guys. <laughs> when uh, when the two Klingons are like, you know, uh, some people might say the color of your skin is a mistake by nature, but I see a mirror in which I see myself. And I was just like, touch dicks. It wouldn't be a star to steer her by if we weren't touching dicks. I mean, we we wondered for a little while if Saru's dick has a little fins on the side. Uh, I hope so, because I think that would just feel excellent. Mm. Ooh. (laughs) Michael Burnham, having been raised by Klingons, I mean, by Rogans, um, as Ponfar. So actually, I was going to say that earlier, but I forgot to, was who do you think had to sit her down to explain to her she wouldn't have Ponfar? Uh, well, I mean, she does have... Amanda? She, nah, I know. She does have uh, some of Sarek's Katra in there, so maybe she does. Huh. Whoa. Let's hope the show never addresses it, because I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. I like, does she have to bang Amanda, then? I guess so. Well, only Vulcan males go through Ponfar. Yeah, but if she's got a little Vulcan male in there... The women don't? I thought they did. Maybe they do... I don't know if it's ever... Uh, well, was there ever a T'Pol Ponfar episode? I don't know. Oh! No, but yes. Um, no, but she yes. caught like some kind of kind of space bug that caused it to go off okay. early. So yes, women so they can. they do. Okay. Yeah. Well, when there are space bugs involved, I don't think that's... No, no, but she, the way she talks about it... I just it, remember like, Savick saying that Vulcan males have it every seven years. Well, because well, yeah, she's and talking she, to... Yeah, but she was also ready to, ready to go. But I she, thought that she was just doing her wifely duties. Well, that's the thing. That's what I was sort of thinking of when you were asking the question. I was like, yeah, of course women don't go through it because a woman's pleasure isn't important. It's the 60s. Yeah. Who cares? But no, that's the thing. Is she's just talking to David. Right. And we know Vulcans don't like to give the full story to people, mm. especially humans. Yeah, so it's like, like, oh yeah, it's the, um, the men. Just the men. Yep. Yeah, the Vulcan. Yeah, the... Yeah, the the trick to defeating the Klingons is to kill them. (laughs) (laughs) Great idea. (laughs) Thanks, Sarge. Well, just to shoot first. Not necessarily kill them. Yeah. Shoot first. Kill a couple of them. If you punch... If you punch the fat kid that's being bullying towards you, you won't bother you anymore. Your first day in prison, Michael, make sure you stab a bitch. (laughs) Yeah, they, uh... She probably should have called the Andorians and see what they did. <laughs> they probably had a better plan. Yeah. No, the Andorians were just like, fuck you. We're <laughs> right Andorians, so. you dick. Yeah, she did call the Andorians. She called literally everybody <laughs> before calling Sarek. There's actually a much longer version. Yeah. Calls up a Tellarite. Uh, what do you guys think? Leave me alone, I have weird eyes. It hurts to use this hologram machine. <laughs> yeah, the hologram machine, now, like, again, like, that's... That's and a, and a weird anachronism yeah. that they've introduced. Because they don't even use them come like next gen times. And so shit. there's one well, episode. No, next gen, the production didn't have the technology. Well, that's what I mean, though. It's still just like. Well, there's one episode of DS9 oh. where they install a holographic device on the bridge of the Defiant mm-hmm. so that they can talk to people over the hologram. But it's ob- But like, it's obviously only there to probably save money because in that particular episode they're talking to a bunch of different people on different ships and they would have had to make background sets for all of them. (laughs) 
So to get around that problem, they just have the actor stand on the bridge of the Defiance. In a blue light, right? Not even, well, lit, but not even, like, not really looking, like, mm. hologrammy at all. Yeah. That's really funny, to be honest. Yeah. But, like, it was, in that episode, it was like, ooh, this new technology that we've just discovered and we'll never see again and like they could only stand in like a small little yeah these are the people that have holodecks but they don't have holographic communication somehow well yeah because when they realized they could make hallucinations they could fuck they gave up on all that communication (laughs) bullshit (laughs) who fucking cares about that i can fuck anybody i want inside this room (laughs) but yeah the holographic communication the, the holographic facetime uh, did have did feel a little Star Warsy? Mm. Although it served a similar purpose here, you know, to what you were suggesting for DS Nine, mm. they didn't have to make a shitload of bridges. Yeah, we never true. saw the bridge of the Europa. Nope. We didn't see the bridge of all the oh, other Klingon yeah. ships. Yeah. That's pretty. We just saw. Nice. We didn't see what the hell room Sarek was in that apparently had a desk in the same exact spot. I really loved that. I, know I it was I, goofy. I, but I, I loved, I loved it, so it too. Much. You know, it was good. that was amazing. I loved it. He just sat down. It's like he's gonna sit down and. He's like trying to be the cool dad. See, I wonder let's, if it, let's have a chat. Because he's a Vulcan and he's trying to one-up everybody at all times because Vulcans, Vulcans are the superior race, if he just knew that there was a, ch- a, a table there and he's just kind of like squatting. And he has like awesome core strength. And yeah, he's like, he would. He's a Vulcan. Actually, you know what it is? It's not True. even... A th- Vulcans you know have it, built-in ass desks. You know what it is? <laughs> to make the viewers more comfortable... The computer actually just simulated it. He wasn't leaning. He wasn't... It just knew that he had moved to that side of the room. So it tweaked the hologram to make him sit. I mean, that could be. I, I mean, it's, I a, it's a computer that. you can have an ethical debate with, so... Without killing it, though. Yeah, least. which is very advanced. And I actually liked that. Not just because it was, like, a return to form, but I liked the, like, reasoning. Yeah, no, when I realized she was debating with the computer, I was so happy. Ugh, of course. Just like... Ugh. So, yeah, I'm, uh... Uh, I'm interested to see more. I'd like to see uh, the, uh, the other ship. I wish I'd seen it last week, but fuck yeah. you, CBS. Yeah, no, I'm, like I said, cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Interesting to see where it goes. Uh, I'm excited uh, to see what happens next. Nice to have new Star Trek finally. Yeah, I'm excited to see more of this, but I'm also excited next week to actually watch, watch some Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts from you before? Don't forget to tip your yeoman. No, no, not that. Just... <laughs> I really like this show. I'm not even just cautiously optimistic. I think I feel like optimistic, optimistic. Good, good. Well, I think it'll be fun. And also, like, unlike you guys, I've never watched a Star Trek series while it was happening. Yeah. So this is, like, kind of a big one for me. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun, Hope. All right, well, next week we will return to our regularly scheduled programming, the previously promised Star Trek Four, the one with the whales. A baby fucking wheel! He's gonna it's save this fucking, fucking wheel, Jay! Jay, we've never fucking Jay. seen anything like this Jay, before! Jay, what is that shit? <laughs> Jay. It just fucking helped Jay, Jay. you gotta call the aquarium or something! <laughs> it's a baby wheel! Yeah, we gotta kill this thing! Let's fucking catch it! There's probably some good fucking meat there, Jay! The baby um, fucking wheel! So join us next week for that. (laughs) For a star to steer her by, this has been Chris. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. And this is always Jake! Wheels! (laughs) Oh, and if you found us via random searching, we are on Facebook as a star to steer her by. We are on Twitter and Tumblr as SSHB Podcast. Uh, We are doing a proper rewatch. This is sort of a little one-off for us. Uh, So yes, thank you very much for joining us. Try not to Vulcan neck pinch your superior officer. That works. (laughs) Look how stern you were about it. (laughs)